All right, this week, Elon is cutting jobs. Yay or yee or yay, it depends on how you say it, plans on filing parlor. And a first-generation iPhone is sold for more than $39,000. Those are some of the tech news stories from this week. And it's Sunday, October 23rd, 2022. My name is Kirk Corliss. I'm Scott Ertz. And I'm Abram Pelch. And this is episode 112 and the last of three special episodes of GNC Week in Review slash F5. Refresh Technology Podcast, proud partner of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, or a myriad of other options through our live stream platform, platforms like Livestream.com, Twitch, or YouTube, where you can become a member and get exclusive content and ad-free episodes of F5 Live and Pilchpoint, or on our website, PlugHitsLive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are, of course, two ways that you can do that. The first is Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to F5Live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Uh, if you're not able to join us live, that's okay. Uh, PluckHitsLive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, Pilch Point, uh, Plug Hits Live Presents, and a whole lot more. And of course, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. So this is the last episode or last special episode of the of our, our partnership uh with f5 f5 technology i've been having so much fun over the for past three time. sundays for this time right that is absolutely right so <laughs> i had been enjoying working on it on getting pulling all the topics together um and working on you know our side or gnc uh, we can reviews uh topics and top stories so it's been it's been great we'll have had a lot of fun and uh, abram how you doing my friend great uh, you know i uh, had a quiet weekend uh spent a lot of time programming stuff for my job when i should have been doing other stuff for my job or <laughs> stuff with the family but you know i guess you ever get into one of those things where it's like in kind of bad mood and like trying to figure out code problems just makes you feel better Yep. You know, so like the other or at day, at least allows you to uh, divert your energy, your anger in a different yeah, direction. Yeah, you know, I don't know. The other day, I was talking to a friend of mine at work. I, I maintain a like a kind of like I wouldn't say secret, like a separate server where we do have keep do a lot of like special tools and reports for people and uh, and the company. And you know, the other day, I was talking with my friend in the men's room. Like that's where we do all of our meetings not on purpose. I mean, just like, Hey, how's it going? You know? And he was like, Hey, you know, and I was like, Hey, you're in charge of the social stuff. Now I could give you a report of like how every, you know, every site that our company owns does on social, you know, uh, can you want me to, to create something like that for you? I was like, yeah, that would be nice. And I was, but it's no rush. I was like, I'll do this. I'll go back to my desk and do it hmm? this weekend. I'm like, Whoa, how come I spent like 12 hours on this? Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, pro, uh, pro problem resolved. And then I figured out, I just have to say, this is a public service announcement, the weirdest 
like a uh, scary uh, bug on my computer that one of the weirdest scary bugs that I've ever had. And it turned out to be nothing, but you, but I thought that maybe somebody was grabbing my screen because there was a thing. I'll tell you what it was. And then you tell me whether you would panic, you know, get concerned if you saw this, I was randomly getting a situation where I would see a little invisible, little like circle on my screen. The screen would get a little dark and it would do like a camera effect, like whoosh, like that, but for like a millis for, for like less than a second. So it looked sort of like the thing that happens when you hit your when you take a camera picture, a screenshot with your phone, yeah, uh, where the screen goes a little dark. Uh, but it also did this sort of, although on your phone it just usually just goes whole dark. But this was James Bond, you know, effect where it's like that circle. It was like a circle of like gray or whatever would go in it, but for like so fast, and I was like. Oh man, is there like an invisible window pop up in the back? Is do I have some type of a malware? I mean, if a malware was taking screenshots, it wouldn't look like that anyway. So that's really right. weird. Right. Uh, but like, what would be causing that to happen? So I was like, I went and I was like uninstalling some utilities I have. Like, could it be that? Right. I ran a massive virus scan, found nothing. I um, you know, and and it happened for a couple of days, and I was like, maybe maybe I made it go away. And then it happened to me again yesterday. And I, and I was looking around and I was like, I just wonder, I had recently, like maybe a week and a half ago, installed Microsoft Power Toys. Um, mm. Microsoft Power, so I went looking through Microsoft Power Toys and trying all the different things that they have keyboard shortcut. I, yesterday it happened to me while I was typing something. I was like, I must have hit a keyboard shortcut for something and not known it, but what keyboard shortcut would make that happen? Right. That's so mm -hmm. weird. And it was happening in different programs. So it wasn't a particular program. Right. I found it. It was, there is a feature in Win, my Windows Power Toys, which is a neat, neat little free utility you can download from Microsoft called Find My Mouse Pointer. Yeah. If you hit control two times, it creates a little circle that goes and finds your mouse pointer and highlights it for you. Now, in the normal circumstances, it would just highlight your thing, your mouse um, pointer, and it would stay there. So you, it wouldn't just be like a, something that just flashed for like half a second. But if you've hit any other key while it's doing it, then it just disappears faster than you can see it, like really register it. So what happens is you accidentally hit left control twice and you have this on. And but you also hit another key after while you're typing, uh -huh. then it will just make a really quick circle appear, sure, like that. And that's what it was because the other key is dismissing the finder, yes, yes, got it, yes, before it even like gets to showing you the pointer or anything. So, so, so my, my first thought when you described it was, I wonder if it's a, a pointer finder, I can't wait to see how this story goes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's I, I so anyway that's that's a long story short and nothing nothing bad. I just you know I when I saw that I was like there's something malicious going on here. Sure, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would freak me out too. I'm and trying every and trying to find out every possible way to get it fixed. So no, I kudos to you. And it happened seemingly at, at random without prediction. Yeah, because it was a typo that I was right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I can I can see where the panic would come from for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So 
Anyway, not a bad feature of Power Toys, but I turned it off just because. Mm-hmm. Especially, well. especially for somebody who has installed the utility for that purpose before. Um, that's why my mind went to it right away. But I'm like, right, it shouldn't be going right away. So maybe it is something else. Let's find out. <laughs> right. right, right, yeah. And, so it, the fact and, is, if you, if you, because I wasn't doing it on purpose, it was canceling it so fast that you couldn't see it. So anyway, well, fascinating. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, let's jump in the news for this week. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live Refreshing Technology and GNC Week in Review is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, tablet, Xbox, games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. Remember, current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% off almost everything. To browse the products and learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. A few minutes ago, we were talking about, on GNC Week in Review, we were talking about an iPhone, a first-gen iPhone that sold for a lot of money. And while uh, old tech and old phones might be seeing a spike in sales right now, um, uh, the new smartphone market uh, seems to be seeing a decline. In fact, it's the third quarter in a row that uh, phone sales have dipped, this time 9% year over year. Um, Obviously, we see these dips in technology from time to time. Oftentimes, like when it comes to computers, you know, laptop sales, we see it when there's not a lot of change or a lot of... um, uh, you know, innovation in the, the computer industry. It's possible that that's what we're seeing uh, here. We've talked about on both shows uh, over the last couple of years that in, especially in the smartphone market, there's been a lot of uh, incre- increment and not a lot of, you know, big wow. Um, so it's possible that that's what we're seeing here. Um Samsung retained um, the top position, uh, 22% of the market. Um, uh, Apple, interestingly, is the only uh, big brand to see uh, positive growth, which which is interesting as their prices continue to rise on their devices. They're seeing growth. Um, hopefully, they're talking that these numbers are in uh, units and not in dollars because it could just simply come from the increase in prices. Um, uh, an analyst with Canalis. That's right, Canalis. Yep, that's right. Uh, An- Amber Liu said, the smartphone market is highly reactive to custom- con- to- what? To consumer <laughs> demand and vendors are adjusting quickly to the harsh business conditions. For most vendors, the priority is to reduce the risk of inventory building up given deteriorating demand. Now, we've seen exactly this kind of across the board, right? There's been uh, um, talk, Target has been doing huge inventory reduction um, recently. Uh, I think Kohl's has been in a similar position. 
in clothing, in electronics, and all kinds of things. So it seems that demand for a lot of things is down right now with um, with retailers and manufacturing manufacturers reducing uh, their inventory to try and try and stop the bleeding. Obviously, some of this we we know is you know a response to uh, hardware issues. Um, but what do you, what do you guys think? Is it do consumers just don't care? Is it so devices aren't interesting? There's a lot. So what you're talking about is also going on. Just to put it in some context, it's also going on in the world space, right? You may have seen talk about uh, declines in uh, uh, laptops and declines mm-hmm. in sales of processors. However, what the fine print doesn't tell you is that a lot of these declines are based on declining over what was a pandemic market, uh, which was, and in the case of graphics cards, right. what was also a crypto market. Uh, and so, you know, they're actually not necessarily response to the quality of the product or response to uh, even inflationary uh, or recessionary pressures, but that like, hey, you know, we really should be uh, evaluating ourselves against like 2019 or something to, yeah. to see what normal looked like. And compared to that, things may still actually look good. But you know how business cycles go. If you have an, ex- an explosive growth because of some exterior factor, people mm-hmm. don't, people and investors and, and you know, media are like, oh, you've shrank. Well, listen, the explosive growth isn't isn't going to if there's an external factor for the explosive growth right like uh you know pandemic stuff now actually that doesn't necessarily i don't know if that what the effect on phones was <laughs> after all that means you're probably going out less so you need your new phone less right about something it's tv something that's stationary but um you know at the same time who knows because more um but the other point is that there is not a great reason for people to upgrade. So, uh, you know, it. I mean, we were talking earlier about iPhone, right? And there were some really big inflection points where every year or two, like, you know, I remember working in the, you know, I was working in the industry at Laptop Mag uh, not long after iPhone came out. And mm-hmm. like every new phone, it was like there were a lot of people who were like, do you remember this doesn't seem to be a problem anymore where people were like, oh man, having to upgrade only once every two years is is such a drag right. because my phone feels so old after like six months or a year. And it did, right? Because you'd have mm-hmm. a high and then like you were on 3G and all of a sudden, every all of a sudden, you know, a year later, all the people would be on 4G and your contract or whatever made it prohibitive yeah. for you to try and so sorry you know you, you're stuck with 3g till you know to after your two years are up right um now phones are just actually a lot of them designed and priced with the idea that you're not going to upgrade every two years mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't uh upgrade every two years i bet if you look at it i bet the average upgrade cycle uh for phones is is probably three or more years and yeah. maybe more driven by people dropping them or the battery uh, becoming no longer uh, 
good, you know, no longer holding as much of a charge. Yeah. Uh, more mm-hmm. so than desire to have new, new features. Yeah, that's me. That's me. That's me. I um I yeah. had a Google Pixel, Google Pixel for like, for like three to four years. Then I yeah. upgraded recently when the Pixel Six came out, the Pro. So you're right. I'm in that camp. I don't. I upgrade, you know, until press like you cited say said stated uh abram you know the roughly around that three-year mark so i'm in that camp yeah i mean look uh, my last phone samsung s8 i had galaxy s8 i had what really like i liked it it was fine what really drove me over the line to getting a new phone was not even 5g um it was i was having a lot of problems with uh the usb port like you had to be plugged in just so or it wouldn't charge yeah, like in there you blew on it or a wind came along or something <laughs> and it would stop charging and you'd That's have to it. like take it out and in again or whatever right. and Did you say that was an s8 yes huh i had the same problem with an s8 it might it might be a common thing you know how and i had that thing for like three you know and then you know my wife had an SA2 and she dropped hers and broke it. So she got a Galaxy S21 or no, what was it? Was that what it was? S20, I think. And then I was like, you know, a few months later, I'm, oh, I'm having this problem. My birthday was coming up. I'm going to get a new phone now. And I got like a Pixel 4a uh, and, and I love it. It's great. Now I will say like what would drive me to make a new, to get a new phone. And I think there's a decent chance that, after it's been two years, I might actually do it because there's a, it, to go to like the 6A or something is better camera because mm-hmm. the camera on this has been really good, but it's certainly not perfect. You know, I take pictures of my kids a lot. I need to take pictures for work, uh, like, and that's my camera. So for that reason, I for that reason, I would buy a new phone for better camera. There's like no other feature that, I feel like I'm missing them. Yeah, it's it's legitimately the only reason that I allowed this upgrade to happen um, was because of the camera. Same. It had nothing to do with the phone. Because because I have I have both of them now. You know, I do I do mobile development, so you know, I having lots of variety of of devices is kind of part of my life, but. Um, I'll tell you what is this the 14 p.m. and uh, in Mission Control out there I've got a 12 p.m. I mean the body is a little different, but the device isn't. The camera is, but the device isn't. the The dynamic island or whatever is a nothing feature, uh, which is kind of the point, right? Even even this one big thing that they were super excited about, it's kind of a nothing feature. That could have easily been implemented on the other devices. They just didn't do it. So, um, is the, so by the way, is flip is like the whole. I mean, that's what why we're seeing bendable screens, right? Because mm-hmm. that's a a, a whiz bang new feature that a lot uh-huh. of people for, but it's also a pretty useless feature. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not it's not helpful. So, in in, in my opinion, so like I don't know it, that there's a lot everything you said is true and i think i think a lot of people if their phone is good enough and it's not it's not broken like frankly if it were easier to replace the batteries 
it, things would be even worse for the phone for the phone business. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Apple did a, a disservice to consumers, but definitely did a service to themselves in the industry. You know, encouraging the sealed battery horrible thing. Uh, but <laughs> it's it's definitely interesting. And like you said, I don't know if the pandemic and you know the the increase we saw in other things played any increase here but you know now we're looking at 21 to 22 not even 20 to 22 so you know some of that is you know cooled between 20 and 21 and now we're looking at another cool off so you know it's it's definitely interesting we'll see if this continues for a couple of years um you know you might actually see some interesting and innovative things come out of the phone companies who knows This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right, Avram. Well, we had uh, we had some products come out <laughs> this week. So yeah, I mean it is <sighs> the um, so it is an exciting time to be building a PC. Uh, Intel's new Raptor Lake, otherwise known as Thirteenth Gen Core chips, uh, just came out this week, and they are now for sale. You can buy them. Uh, in particular, I mean, there's going to be a whole lot more, but there's three SKUs out right now, and we've reviewed them on Tom's Hardware. That is uh, the Core i9-13900K, the Core i7-13700K, and the Core i5-13600K. Uh, these range in price from about $320 to the Core i9 is supposed to be 589 but is actually hard to get right now and is being... The best price we saw recently was like 680, so like 100 over MSRP. But the other for about 10 more than MSRP. So the Core i7 is selling for about 420, $430. And I was selling for about 320, $330. Anyway, uh, these chips away uh, in terms of both gaming and productivity performance, they, they the previous generation Alder Lake. Intel 12th gen chips, and where it's bad news for Team Red, um, it blows away the AMD uh, 7000. So AMD, not long ago, maybe three weeks ago or so, uh, came out with their Ryzen 7000 series chips, uh, and their and their Ryzen 7000 chips are much faster than the 5000 series that they had before, faster than Intel's 12th gen in a lot of cases, uh, uh, added support for the first time for AMD for DDR5 RAM and PCIe5, and PCIe5 SSDs, but, which aren't even really out yet, um, but 
AMD's chips do not perform as well as Intel's new chips, and they cost more money, and the motherboards cost a lot more money. So this is very bad news for AMD right now. Um, they are offering you less for more, and that is not a good combination. So, um, so let's talk some some hard numbers here. Uh, so, uh, AMD's uh, top chip is the Ryzen 9 7950X, which is 699 MSRP. Um, that on our tests, and we have many of them published in our, especially in our review of the uh, Intel Raptor Lake chips where we compare them to AMD. Um, so looking at, for example, uh, our Windows 11 1080p test suite, where we run uh, a bunch of different, uh, a number of different games uh, on, on on different CPUs using the same graphics card and otherwise, uh, you know, same setup, uh, but different CPU. And if it's different, and you know, if it's AMD, it's gonna have a different motherboard. Um, so our top ranked chip uh, returning on the test suite, 206 F, an average of 206 FPS was the 13900K. Below that was uh, a strange chip, the Ryzen 7 5800X 3D, which is a uh, last-gen AMD chip that just has a ton of, of cache. It's not, it's just really, that chip is particularly good for 1080p gaming because it has a ton of cache. Below that, we have the 13700K and the 13600K with 196 and 183 FPS. The first of AMD's new chips, 7900 uh which costs 549 is behind Intel's $300 chip. Um the then the Ryzen 7 7700X, a $400 chip, also behind the $320 chip. Below the, those two is this is their flagship chip, the 7950X with 179 FPS. That is on, you know, so it is so the $699 chip from AMD is six places behind the um, the $589 chip from Intel and also several places behind the $320 chip from Intel. Now that's, that's gaming. But when you also look at productivity performance, you will see that um, only on highly threaded uh apps does does amd's do amd's chips stand a chance and even there their their delta in performance is slight so uh the ryzen 9 7950x for example did the best of any chip we tested on you know highly threaded multi-threaded apps but the core i9 was only 3.2 percent behind that and um so um you know, there's now the reason why AMD would do better on multi-threaded is because AMD uses more real cores. Well, real is an opinion. That's my my opinion. The Intel uses a different process uh, where they have they now have a mix of P cores, performance cores, and efficiency cores. So when you read the core count for an Intel chip, if you want to know how many cores you're getting, you got to look at the fine print. 
because you may not you all the all the cores are not created equal. So, uh, for example, the Core i9 13900K uh, has 24 cores. Wow, that sounds really good. Uh, eight only eight of those 24 cores are P cores, meaning that the cores that actually operate at the highest speeds. 16 of them are efficiency cores. Now, the the plus of this system of having a mix of of higher power and lower power cores is that you could take more of the thermal and, and electric budget and throw it at a few cores instead of all the cores. And therefore, maybe not all your cores need to be as, as powerful as the others. Because if, you're, if your operating system is smart and it directs like the game that you're playing or the video that you're crunching or the thing that you're doing that's really high intensity to the higher performing cores, maybe that's okay. But... With AMD, you don't have to worry about that. All the cores are all the cores are the same. So the 7950X has 16 cores, and they're all capable of going up to 5.7 uh, gigahertz, right? That's um, versus you know Intel's, where only eight of them can go to the top speed of 5.8 gigahertz, and the others go to only 4.3, and you know are otherwise not as as powerful. So, um, but the, but the thing to keep in mind here is when you look at the benchmarks, Intel is coming out ahead on almost every benchmark and their chips are cheaper. But to add insult to injury here, the cost of a motherboard for the new AMD chips is out of control. So um, in the case of Intel, Intel is using Intel usually when a new Intel chip comes out, you have to buy a new motherboard with a new socket. And that leads to increased cost. AMD had been for many years really great about this. They had for like four generations used the same socket, AM4. And so you could, with a firmware update or whatever, you could get an old motherboard and use it with the new chip and all was, was good. But uh, this time AMD, switching to a new chipset, a new socket, going to DDR5 memory, going to more PCIe lanes, has amped up the, and using kind of a dual chiplet design for the chipset has dramatically increased the cost of their motherboards. So last I checked, the cheapest motherboard that you could get to that would accommodate uh, the new Ryzen chips was $290. Woo. That is the bottom of the line. Oh, Most I can't remember them, the last time I spent $290 on a motherboard. That And, you know, most of them are four or $500 for the motherboard. So now let's go back to Intel. Intel can use, Intel's coming out with some new 700 series uh, chips, um, chipsets for, but you will be you are able to use the new 13th gen chips in any 600 series motherboard that's been out now for for a while so you can get a 600 series motherboard uh for 90 dollars, right um now that's get, a difference right now the 90 dollars one is a deviate so here's another little tidbit the intel uh, chips give you a choice you can buy a motherboard that supports ddr4 or motherboard that supports DDR5 memory. Uh, you can, the, you have to pick which motherboard you want because generally the motherboard will be one or the other. 
but your chip can go with either one. And DDR4 memory is much cheaper than DDR5 at the moment. With AMD, you and, and motherboards that support DDR5 also are more expensive. Um, with AMD, uh, you have DDR5 is required now. You, you don't get a choice. So you have to use the more expensive RAM and you have to get a motherboard that supports more expensive RAM. So when you add all this up, it's just bad news for uh, for AMD because the cost is so much higher, particularly when you add the motherboard in. Now, you got to believe that um, you know AMD is having some sales issues. It looks like, I mean, so is Intel, but um, AMD is going to have to cut to cut their prices. They're going to have to get a lower cost chipset out the door, and even then, their chips don't perform as well. So if they're not going to, if they can't, you know, at least match, if not undercut Intel on price for what you get, they're in, they're in some big trouble in the desktop market. Now, you know, laptop market is a different space, but, you know, unlike Intel, this is kind of a big part of AMD's business. So, I mean, this is a huge part of their business and uh, their latest chips are not, you know, I mean... I, I love the fact that AMD chips, uh, you know, you don't have to guess about, you know, all your cores are, all your cores are the same. Um, but Intel is giving you higher clock speeds and they are through a, a variety of means outperforming. What are you going to, what are you going to do? They have, they're going to have to do something if they want to stay competitive. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a, it's, it's a huge difference in in potential, right? Just to get in, it's it's a huge difference in potential. Now, if it was like you know they made all these changes because it was this big monumental change, and it was a not just an incremental but a generational holy wow in performance. Okay, we can have a conversation about that. But it's all this cost, all this change, and Intel still beating them? Uh-oh. I mean, they're a lot better than the previous AMD chips. Sure. But, but that's not, but that's assuming that people, that's assuming that people only want to buy AMD, and that right. is definitely not a good assumption. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, like, listen, I, I love the competition that AMD brings. I love their multi-threaded prowess. I have AMD processor in in my machine and my son's machine. Uh, I I I mean I like their I like their stuff. It's and very often they've usually given you more for less, not less for more. So you know, and this is not a good um, good scenario for them right now. So hopefully they hopefully they do something and they don't settle into a space like they were. A few years ago before Ryzen launched where they were kind of content to not be competitive to not be competitive and just make cheaper stuff uh but uh you know leadership matters and since they've had their current ceo lisa sue they have really taken the fight to intel and they have picked up market share um they're going to have a lot of problems if they don't do something right now yeah uh agreed you know in amd for so long was you know mm. But then, you know, a fire got lit, things changed, and, you know, hopefully they don't fall into the the Microsoft thing where they, 
you know, they back off for a little while and let things happen and then they get totally trounced and they go, oh, I guess we have to try again, <laughs> which which has always been, you know, Microsoft's big issue. Yeah, so hopefully, um, you know, this this helps them. I, hopefully they, you know, can do something about it and, and we can have more of a fair uh, fight on our, our hands, even just lowering the prices. But I think what may also be happening is that Intel may be using some of their, I mean, Intel's a much wealthier company. They mm -hmm. have a lot more sales. They have a lot more everything. They could also just undercut to try to take back that market share that they've true. lost. True, true. Well, so. you've, uh, I think you mentioned that you've got reviews yes. on the new products. Yes. So come check it out on uh, tomsartware.com. We have uh, reviews of the new Intel chips and of the AMD chips. We have our CPU hierarchy, which shows you how each ranks. Uh, so, so check it out. Fantastic. Well, um, obviously, as somebody who has had you know AMD for the last number of generations, we've talked about it. It's powering the studio here in everything except this. Uh, um, you know, we did it because it was less money, more performance. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully, we'll see that swap back. I appreciate we appreciate the information and as always uh we look forward to what we talk about next time. This week's extra life on F5 Live Refreshing Technology and GNC Week in Review is proudly powered by EXA. EXA brings the latest technology to gamers, offering the most immersive products for the ultimate gaming experience. They've compiled the best elements of cutting-edge ENC tech, the latest in Bluetooth 5.0, 7.1 surround, plus extra features into their headsets so everyone can enjoy a sensational gaming experience. And they've got headsets for Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Plus, they won't break the bank. Learn more about the headsets that are available and any current promotions by going to f5live.tv slash exa. All right, it's been, it's been way too long since we've seen a new entry in the Silent Hill uh, franchise. It's a very popular uh, franchise that has produced some uh, terrifying moments and um, iconic characters. And um, this week we've got we've got new stuff coming. Now we're we're gonna you know pretend a little bit that um, we weren't teased with uh, PT a couple of years ago before everything went terribly wrong with konami um but um we do have uh silent hill we've got um two new games a remake i mean just they're like okay well you know what we're back and <laughs> we're we're gonna hit it hard now that could be good and that could be bad right because the uh franchise's creator is no longer with uh, with the company. And so this will be the first time that a major title comes out of Konami proper and not um, from, from the original creator. And um, the idea of 
of, uh, you know, hitting it this hard right out of the gate is a little frightening to me. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. It it seems like there's a lot of potential for for a screw up here. Yep, agreed. <laughs> agreed. And when it's a series, that's going to be well, it's going to be hit or miss. So I, I don't know. And. So there's a lot of talk that Silent Hill 4 could potentially be the um, the inspiration for Silent Hill Townfall, which is one of the two new titles, which could be a problem because um, let's call Silent Hill 4 divisive among the Silent Hill community. <laughs> um, it wasn't well received uh when it came out it has over time you know the the reception has settled <laughs> and it people have uh either come to like it or come to grips with its reality i'm not sure which uh, but um you know are they going to take are they going to take the most recent in the uh the uh the you know main main line uh as its inspiration or are they gonna possibly go back to uh go back to its you know origins what do you what do you are either of you big silent hill fans let's start there i'm not no no not a big not a big silent hill uh fan i mean i think it's good that they're coming out with some new games but i guess we'll have to see whether they're in or not i mean Obviously, they can be very. Obviously, people who really franchise are going to be concerned that the quality is there. Um, but uh, you know, I guess it's better than to not. Uh, or I don't know. Maybe some. I mean, when was I mean? It could be like Grand Theft Auto, where you by the time the next one comes out, people won't be driving anymore. They'll just be. Self-driving cars. <laughs> oh, yeah, and um, and uh, the world's oldest profession might be might be legal by then. Who knows? <laughs> we... <laughs> okay. So, I mean, it's a big part of of the gameplay in in Grand Theft Auto. We all know it. Um, Good but point. I think, honestly, I think. If if Konami is smart, what they did was they took what they learned from the PT demo, right? Which was just a demo. It was one of the scariest short gameplay demos I've ever seen in my life. Um, it was worth... Uh, the, the fact that it's not playable on the PlayStation 5 is a crime. I understand that they were trying to... Uh, to separate themselves from Kojima, but you know, it's disappointing um, that they pulled it and that it's not available to play on the bigger consoles. Um, but hopefully they took what they learned from the, I think unanimously positive response to that change in gameplay um, and implemented here with any announcement of this, of this style, you know, there's going to be a huge lead time. We know that. This is a 
this was a teaser trailer at best, right? Um, for for all of this content, um, including the the remake of Silent Hill Two, by the way, which totally on board for. Um, but the I think the best in the franchise. But um, you know, there's going to be a lot of lead time. There always is with an announcement like this. Um, so we don't know everything. We know very little. Uh, hopefully, they learned what uh, they took what they learned from that demo and they apply it to at least one of these games. Um, because it was everything that Silent Hill fans wanted from a new game. Um, Townfall uh, seems like it's the the new franchise leader. Like, this is where we're headed with everything. Um, no Code uh, seems to be taking on, on the challenge. They've got a good uh, um, back, you know, a history... Um, but stories untold, uh, observation, you know, there's, there's some possibility of bringing, those are some of their, their past titles. Hopefully they can bring some of that into it. I think it would be good for the franchise, but you know, hopefully, honestly, honestly, if they take what PT was supposed to be (laughs) and bring it into the franchise, I think Konami will have a hit. They obviously can't do exactly that because I imagine, you know, Kojima would set fire to the Konami building uh, for developing his game without him. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a big franchise. It's nice to see uh, something coming back to it. Fingers crossed they don't screw it up. That's, that's my take. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live Refreshing Technology and GNC Week in Review is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, plus it actively blocks threats like worms, rogues, dialers, trojans, spyware, and a whole lot more. It allows you to use your computer and mobile devices with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash malwarebytes. I promise you we're not doing this on purpose, but let's talk a little bit about an Elon Musk company again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this time, uh, it's it's on one of the brands that makes sense. Uh SpaceX on Wednesday unveiled Starlink Aviation, uh, bringing the Starlink service, which uh, for those who have used it, has been incredibly popular. It's given uh, people in um, you know, rural communities access to an internet speeds that simply were not possible before. You know, the CEO of the Tech Podcast Network, Todd Cochran, has it himself, and it has you know changed his home life significantly. Um, Starlink Aviation will be bringing that technology to aircraft. If you've used uh, onboard internet on a on an airplane before, it can be <coughs> go. <coughs> oh, <laughs> it can be a challenge. Let's say that um, speeds aren't great. Uh, sometimes they can be, depending on what the background service is. But generally, they're um, usable. Um, Starlink Aviation will change them from usable to 350 megabits per second uh, connection speeds. 
on the plane. Uh, the hardware is not, and the service is not going to be inexpensive for the airlines. It's going to be, um, what, 150 grand to a, to um, outfit uh, a plane. And then it's going to cost between 12 and 25 grand per month for the service. But you know they're passing that on to the to the, the Consumers. passengers anyway. Um, you're already paying for what's there. And if you're using it, you're paying extra for it. Um, so you know if you're if you're paying for it, it might as well be better than what you're getting now. Um, they expect to be able to deliver the hardware and the service to uh, airlines sometime in the middle of next year possibly faster if Elon Musk stops focusing on Twitter um, <laughs> <laughs> starts pu putting his emphasis on the companies that exist um, but it's it's an interesting move um, it's it's putting Starlink you know it's opening up the customer base for Starlink I think it it makes sense uh, for the company um, that has already challenged you know, mainline service providers, why not uh, challenge them here too? Uh, so is that 350 megabit per second for the whole plane or for each passenger? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I don't know. For, I'm going to guess it's for the whole plane. Probably. I'm going to get, so that, that may sound better than it is because. Could be. Sure, that was for people in your house. That's actually slow for home internet. That's well, it's actually it's better than my home internet right now. But it's not like top of the line home internet. Sure, for sure, uh, and being shared among I don't know potentially a hundred people or two hundred people, right? Although who knows what the uptake actually is? It would be interesting to know how many people actually do pay for Wi-Fi on on the plane. Um, I don't know if it's. You know, I don't work in the airline, of course, and I don't play uh, airline executive on TV either. But <laughs> it seems it seems to me that it doesn't make it wouldn't make too much sense for them to pay uh, to pay to upgrade to retrofit planes with this, unless they had an exist, unless maybe a new plane was coming out and That's they had to pay. But like, it, I don't see that as a great selling point. Um, a great selling point to, to people. Like, I mean, I guess maybe eventually, uh, like all things, there will be progress. And 10 years from now, you fly, people will be like, yes. And, you know, remember when we said you couldn't get Netflix on, you couldn't stream Netflix on the plane because there, there's no way that you could, you know, possibly. Well, now we do. And you can all stream your streaming service right from your airline seat. But, you know, eh, I, I don't see like it would be interesting to know how many people actually pay for for Wi-Fi in the plane and how much they're willing to pay um, because like you know yes on um, you know a 17th flight and they had by on uh, going to Taiwan sure uh, sure absolutely uh, I want my Wi-Fi. Uh, you know, check in, do some work, whatever on board. Uh, but, and, and, you know, I think it was either free or $10 or something. So fine. But 
you know, I don't think people are going to spend a ridiculous amount of money to have high-speed Wi-Fi in the plane. Like, they don't really need it, you know? I mean, in fact, it can be kind of a detriment. Like, maybe you don't want to be... Like, if a plane didn't have Wi-Fi, that would be in its own way a plus because it would be like, oh, great. Now I don't have to expect to be reached uh, uh, when I'm in the air. Maybe I get a break because, um, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I find working on the plane is like I've done it quite a bit, but mm -hmm. I find it really not pleasant to do. Uh, even like if I was in a better class of seat, but still, you know, like, the, the plane is turbulent, it's shaking. It's like, I don't know. I just, I find it like sitting there doing like a lot of work on the plane to be kind of frustrating. But um, so, I don't know. That's just my two cents on it. Yes, it's a nice technological advancement, but I don't think it's worth anybody, the airline paying extra, and I don't think it's worth the consumer paying extra. Yeah, so... So I think for I think you're right. I don't think there's going to be any retrofits necessarily, um, but possibly for for new new planes, uh, you might see this, or maybe the the higher end uh, long flight jets, you might see this. Um, just for reference, um, the average uh, go go internet speed is for the plane is seventy megabits. Their top tier plan, which I think only Delta is currently using, uh, has a maximum of 100 megabits. Um, there's another service called Viasat, which is apparently comically expensive and is only used by Virgin America on their A320 aircraft, which might be faster than Starlink, but it looks like it's way more expensive to install. Um, and then apparently American Airlines has a 10 megabit per second per plane maximum speed. There you go. I guess if you're flying, we should look, you should look this up if you actually are planning to get work done to do something on the plane. I mean, mm -hmm. because if you're not going to work, then you shouldn't even bother paying for it. Cause I mean, like, it's not like it's great for entertainment, right? You're not right. going to be streaming, you're not going to be streaming movies on there. If you want to watch something, use something that's downloadable for offline. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, I learned the lesson the hard way. Cause when I, I, when I was an American airlines flight to Vegas last January, we went to for CES and I used, I figured out what the hell, you know, let me see what it's all about. It it was on for about maybe five minutes, then it it cut it cut it kept me off, kicked me off, kicked me off. So now I learned my lesson. Now I'm downloading because I watch a lot of videos. So I'm downloading everything that I have <laughs> from now on because that was a waste of money. It was like fifteen dollars, I think, for that flight. And yeah. yeah, I didn't do it. I that that was it. <laughs> from now on, I learned my lesson the hard way. Um, sixteen dollars plus tax. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I I got a whole comparison guide here. <laughs> well, um, yeah. yeah. Right. The thing to be careful of, of course, is what you download. Um, there was a particular 
uh, Netflix series starring Gillian Anderson. Um, people might know what I'm talking about, but that opened the first episode of the first season with a uncomfortable scene um, that uh, Dave Mendez, one of the Pluckett's live team, um, turned on on the plane, got super embarrassed and closed it. And it was the only thing he had downloaded for the flight. So whoopsies. Uh, <laughs> so do be careful of what it is you download and grab a couple of uh, variety yeah. just in case um, a Jillian Anderson led show um, turns out to not be the X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> because oh my god i've no, i've seen him turn red for a couple of reasons including eating a spicy chicken wing that made him uh sweat his whole head and everything um but this beat all of it the shade he turned when that scene turned on was amazing uh but anyway i mean it's competition in the space um there's some people will go with it because it's Starlink. You know, some companies might go with it because it's Starlink branded just in general. And, you know, there's been a lot of stability there. But, you know, who knows what the future of this might hold. This week's DRM Not Included in F5 Live Refreshing Technology and GNC Week in Review is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. We all know that you get free shipping on millions of products with Amazon Prime, but you get a whole lot more. Like free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games and a free Twitch subscription to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming, plus a whole lot more. We've got links to all of these features and some of our favorites, plus a 30-day free trial, all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. It's been a little while since the uh, the rumors and then the confirmation and then the tests about um, Netflix's password sharing policy change or... Enforcement, not really changes in the policy, but enforcement of said policy um, got started. Uh, we knew that eventually it was going to come to North America and it was going to happen with vigor. And it looks like it's here um, during its quarterly earnings call this week. Uh, the company said that it may begin uh, hardlining the additional subscription fees um to netflix accounts at the beginning of next year we know that there were i think there were 12 countries that they were testing this in um around the world over the last 12 to 18 months uh a lot in south america i don't remember where else at this point australia maybe i feel like there was one like big country and uh, as far as subscriber base was for them and everything else was some of their smaller markets um but it's coming. It's coming soon. Um, the The way we've seen uh, in some of the other countries, it's ranged somewhere between 2 and $4 per month to have external sharing access. It looks like 
uh, North America and some of the European countries will see uh, three to four. So kind of in that same ballpark um, per month to add somebody who is not part of your household onto your account, which has been the, the, uh, the policy in the past. Um, it has said that the account is per household. Um, and they have defined in their usage policy what a household is. Um, so we'll see what that looks like. The good news is uh, that along with this, um, I don't know, I don't know if you included this in here or not, Kirk, but uh, along with this was a new feature announcement that you can now uh, migrate your profile to and from Netflix accounts. So uh, breakups in one way or another <laughs> have just become easier um, as well as uh, new relationships <laughs> have become easier as well. Um, so you can bring your account, your profile from another account into together or separate out. So uh, when this, when this goes live, uh, if you want to, uh, you know, break up, and pay the full price instead of just leaving it as it is and paying a couple bucks more. Uh, I guess you have that possibility. Uh, you can go independent and uh, bring your profile with you so you don't lose all your, your watch history and your recommended stuff. So there's that. Um, for, I think, I don't know. I don't know what the percentage is of people who do this. I know it's been a big meme and the fact that Netflix once responded on Twitter uh, to somebody posting about sharing their password, and I quote with "sharing is caring," um, <laughs> <laughs> has has certainly caused them some trouble in uh, implementing or not implementing again uh, enforcing this policy. But I mean, the policy has been in place the whole time. I think the mistake that they made was allowing it to uh, to <clears throat> sit idle. And then going hard on it like this. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they could bring uh, Lance Ulrich of, uh, of on to uh, do commercials about it. He seems to have mastered to explain to people uh, not to share things or get in trouble. Um, so, oh, no, not Lance. Lars Ulrich. Sorry. Anyway, the drummer of Metallica. Yeah. They, mm -hmm. they, didn't get in trouble, but uh, you know, was so adamant against music sharing. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I'm sure the other services will do it too. Um, it it makes sense from them, their perspective. They have to maintain, um, you know, their they have to maintain their their revenue. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they've been. I think they've, I don't know what's to test. Like they've been talking about it for a long time. They know people aren't going to be happy about it, but uh, that's, it is what it is. Right. So um, in fact, I will throw this out there. Maybe they're actually going to, if this is the case, so they're going to do this punitively. Right. But could you just sign up to do it purposefully? Because it sounds like it's cheaper than, um, than actually having two different people buy two different accounts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, good point. Um, my guess is yes. My guess is you could just do it and and bypass the slap on the wrist. But, you know, maybe you just do it and wait for the slap on the wrist and add the the additional uh, 
thing later. I'm going to tell you, I really hope, <laughs> I really hope that they don't try and hit me for it because obviously my Netflix gets signed into so many devices that I use sometimes for product tests. Sometimes <laughs> I, I once had, I once had, I was taught, was it, was it Netflix or Hulu? I can't remember, but I had a, I had a conversation with them. They're like, all right, so you're signed into, wait, you're signed into how many devices? I, uh, I get it. I know, I know, I know. I can explain, but I hope they don't come after me because it's just me. It's my profile and a guest profile and that's it. It's all me. Well, that happened to me, but I, that happened to me, but apparently um, my I was on a basic plan, but apparently... Um, I can't remember how long ago it was because my wife was was watching Netflix and my daughter was watching it. And then they, I got this big pop up box saying that too many people or something that you have to be on a different plan. So I had to change up. So hopefully, you know, and I use my tablet while looking left because of the the number of concurrent streams. More that sounds about right. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what it was. So hopefully that doesn't happen to me because I'm using different. I'm using uh, tablet, computer, phone. So. I agree. With you, I hope it doesn't. <laughs> I hope it up. I'll get it costs more. I'm like that happens. I'm like goodbye. See it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's you know that's that's part of the the possibility here, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how big of a possible. So it's guaranteed that will happen to some people, and they'll go. You know what? I'm done. But I I think they're wagering that the number of people who will do that will be less than the number of people who will cough up the three bucks right by enough to offset it so i don't know i'm honestly i again it's just me but if i were in that position i'm already so on the fence about netflix i'm mm-hmm. with you kirk that would be the end of it it would mm-hmm. be like you know i'm out y'all we'll use <laughs> i i like the fact that there's a developer uh screen uh, that can be pulled up on Netflix that can't be pulled up really by anybody else publicly so that I can do, uh, you know, FPS and, and stuff like that. I can actually see how well the stream is performing and, you know, hundred percent what state it's in and things like that. We used it, Abram, we used it, what, a couple years ago when we were yeah. testing the whole uh, only, only internet Explorer and edge got, yeah. uh, 1080p in the browser right so i i use that all the time uh and i don't have that that control panel on the other services so i'd be sad but i'd let it go (laughs) yeah so i don't know uh we don't know exactly when it'll hit um but we suspect that it'll be the beginning of next year um possibly in the april time frame but you know, there's no hard and fast dates out there yet. All right, and finally, so in the last episode, we broke down about uh, Elon speaking about Elon's uh, Elon's new venture by selling perfume, excuse <clears throat> me, called burnt hair. Then we discussed about bottles of farts. Now, in that vein, and it's legitimate, and you can. You can make possibly fifteen hundred dollars. So how do you do that? All right. Well, 
You can donate to the Good Nature Program, which takes stool samples from the public, which they use to <laughs> further research in the gastrointestinal infections and disorders. Good Nature will pay you for your poop, and you can help save lives. So th this is a, there's a Good Nature Stool Donation Program. Basically, what that means is it collects poop from healthy individuals who study it with the goal of achieving medical treatment or providing therapies for potentially fatal gastrointestinal disease, C. difficile. Um, if I'm pronouncing, I apologize. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm, I'm playing on TV. <laughs> it's a bacterium, <clears throat> excuse me, that causes, that, ca that, that can cause diarrhea and other life-threatening co uh, colonic conditions. So if you want to participate in the program, you must have, you have regular bowel movements, age 18 to 50 years old, that counts me out, uh, are of a normal weight, don't smoke, have no history of gastrointestinal disease or alcohol or drug abuse, are not pregnant, and you live near one of the donation centers. Now, oh, well, are... see, that's your, <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> that, right. You can't so... just like mail it to them? <laughs> no, we can't. So if you're lucky to live in Los Angeles, Boston, or Phoenix, Arizona, you are likely close enough to one of the donation sites to participate. You must be able to poop in one of the collection sites, restrooms in person, and at least and at least three times a week. They'll also draw your blood every two every two to six weeks. Now, if you meet the criteria, you can fill out the online survey and wait to be contacted by the program. They'll follow up to let you they'll follow up to let you know more information and answer any question they have. And we'll have a link of the story in the show notes. And if you go to the story. Bottom of the post, there's a link for the online survey. If you apply, please let us know. Absolutely. Let us know in the comments or email us or, or uh, uh, send us a tweet. Um, send us a tweet. We don't, I don't think we don't need any visual evidence. No, 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 of no. Either no. your application or your participation. Nope. <laughs> Just let us Listen, know how. This is, this is, I mean, I don't think folks should take money for this. This is their, this is your chance to say that you really give one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, if they pay you for it, then you or, don't get, or, or or three per week. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, say, listen, I really give, and then there's someone to take it, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Well, this is it's, like uh, it's fascinating <laughs> that both of those verbs are an expression. Right. Mm -hmm. To give and to take. They mean very different things. Right. If you give one, then you care. But if mm -hmm. you take one, then you're receiving something that you don't want. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, usually if you gave if you gave it to me, I would not want to take it. So I get why someone wouldn't want to take it. But I don't get why someone would want to give it. But anyway. And I... Abram, I'm with you, my man. <laughs> uh, but hey, hey Kirk. Down. Yes. Did this story go in the direction you expected? Yes, it did. Yes. <laughs> as as always. <laughs> Food related, and like we say, we ninety percent of our egg, I guess segment. technically, <laughs> technically. You could consider it food related. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it, it is part of the process. It is, it is part of the process. You're right. Well said. Okay, 
And with that, <laughs> that is the tech news uh, for this week for Sunday, October 23rd, 2022. And the final episode, uh, the final special episode of GNC Week in Review and F5. F5 Sure, check out the latest tech news and commentary from geeknewscentral.com and be sure to tune in Mondays and Thursday evenings at geeknewscentral.com slash live for the Geek News Central podcast. And then be sure to watch and tune in this com- back on Friday for GNC Week Review at gncweekly.com slash live at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And as always, if you are new to podcasts, be sure to like and subscribe to the GNC WIR channel on YouTube. Also, please make sure to click on the bell and always select notifications so you will not miss the next episode. And also also be sure to share this episode with people you know to check out the podcast and pass along word. This podcast is easy to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to tune in to F5 Live Refreshing, Refreshing Technology with Scott and Abram Sunday evenings. Back on Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, it'll be at f5live.tv slash join us. Or be sure to subscribe to podcasts on your favorite podcast app. Yeah, their comment on this week's episode, we'd love to hear them. Um, head on over to gncweekly.com slash connect and connect via email, Twitter, or Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm at Kirk Corliss. Scott is on Twitter at triple C M A B O. Abram is on Twitter at Geek and Chief. Till the next episode of GNC Week in Review and F5 Live Refresh Technology. So long. Ciao.